Uh, my name is Matt Reagan, and I have a lot of kids. So when we talk about the next generation, um, I've got a lot of them right there. I'm a lead team. I'm a, in leadership here, but I work with Next Generation Ministries. Love uh, two things: love the church, love what God's doing around the globe, and love uh, watching. Uh, young men and women uh, grow up to be who it is that God's called them to be, not just the little ones. But I've done, I've been working in student ministry for uh, 18, 19, I guess it's like 19, almost 20 years. That's crazy. Uh, college age ministry have uh, served on the board of several missions organizations um, and in leadership. So I, I have a lot of the thing. I'm pretty passionate about us being one church that uh, that we not section everybody off. That, that God knows what He was doing when He put everybody together. So um, I'm going to ask you some questions right off the bat. Because um, as I was thinking through this, I thought, you know, it really would be helpful for me. You're going to have to be a little bit interactive in this group. Because as I was preparing this, I've got a lot of data over here. I've got a lot of things. But I need to know, why in the world would you come to this class? You saw this title, and you said, what piqued your interest made you think? Because I really want us to be a little bit Socratic in the way that we do some of this. So I'm going to ask you questions, and you all don't know each other. So you know what we're going to do real fast. We're going to break down the walls. so you know people. Why don't you stand up on your feet and just greet some people real fast around you. Say hi, hello, because you're going ha- to have to talk around here. And uh, that will really, really help me. Help us. All right. Do we feel like family now? We all good? We all good? Don't have to be nervous. Don't have to be. Uh, I, I love how, Who are the quiet, quiet people in the room? Quiet people, where are you at? Okay, you're, that means you're the smartest people in the room. Everybody else, you know it more than anybody. You just don't, you're too quiet to tell anybody. So uh, here's what I want to do. I want to I pull you into this conversation. I'm going to ask you a lot of things about these generations. See some things you say. Let's just take a little journey. Uh, but, I, uh, but I really need to know, why in the world would you come here? What is it that's on the tip of your brain in your context that says, I really probably should dial in. Out of all the classes, this one's, this one's one I really need to hop into. So go ahead. Just hop in. What do you think? What are some reasons? Why are you here? That'll help me. Yeah. I am studying to be a teacher. Okay. And I'm in kind of a difficult area where there's a lot of, not necessarily crime, but low income. Um, yeah. And I want to reach out to the public secular portion of education and have an impact for Christ. Yeah. But that's kind of limited in the public schools. So. Yeah. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. We, we're having uh, something coming up in uh, December where we're having all the public school uh, teachers from all over Jefferson County and surrounding areas, and there'll be about 800 teachers. We're going to talk about what can you do? What are the things available? Because sometimes it feels like you can't do anything. Um, but there's a tap-in. If you, Grab me afterwards. I'd love to give you some resources because there's a lot that can be done in the public school systems right now, and uh, we're really tapping into that. What else? Why, why are you here? What, what brings it? Yeah. Very cool. Love that. You just said something made me think. It's I have to hit it. Okay, that was great. That was great. Um, what else? Who else? What's that? Understand grandchildren, which is a big deal, right? Because uh, if, if, if I catch this right, you're still invested in their lives, praying them forward, wondering what God's want to do. And I watch in my kids that I put up. Um, it's interesting the power of a grandparent's voice in a, in a young man or woman. It is unbelievable. My grand, you know, my, uh, my especially, well, really both sets. They are my kids' heroes. Like, I am an idiot. But they are, no, not really. But they, uh, they just love them. And, um, and they're not, you know, it's just interesting. That's, that's good. What else? What else? Yeah. I'm a manager, so I'm employing some of the next <laughs> Yeah, I've got some stuff for you. Okay. How many of you interact with them, and you just want to know how to interact with them in a better way, right? In a better, okay, that's helpful. What else? What else we got? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. What else? I'm a homeschool mom. Yeah. I've been having and raising babies for 10 years. I yeah. got on the board at a pregnancy center and so kind of wanting to know how the young girls are. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. 
Yeah, yeah. I spent most of my life overseas, come back to Southern Louisville. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm kind of a white heir in our church. Yeah. And I get a lot of mentoring, a lot of young people now, but I don't yeah. like to understand it even better. Love it. Love it. Good, hungry, forward thinking people. I like it. What else? What else? Yeah. I love it. I love it. What else? What else? Anything? That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm a professor of nursing, and oh, yeah. we have quite a few of our students who are interested in missions. Yeah. And so, how to facilitate helping? Uh, I guess facilitate getting them into the field. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah, we're here with some refugees. Uh, mm. Now they're going to have third culture kids. Yeah. So really helping them figure out what's, what is America. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, because their kids will assim- they'll assimilate so quick, it'll it almost spins the heads of the parents because they assimilate so quickly into, into culture when you're young, and so to know that culture and what that yeah that's good that's good great people in the room all right what else anybody else anyone yeah uh, we're full time in India yeah and half the population of India is under the age of 25 yeah yeah so we work with that group because those are the ones that mostly come to the Lord yeah. Uh, so it's good to learn yeah. about the younger guys. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Same is true about America. Most people don't realize half of America is the same way. It's under 25. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah th- it's interesting. Uh, the boomer generation is no longer the biggest. Did you, did you all know that? The boomer, they're not, no longer the biggest, which, was, which is, was, has always been the case. It's not the case anymore. So what else? Any, any other ones? That would be good. I'll give you, yeah. Love it. I'm from Indy. What part of Indy? Wow. I grew up off uh, 3318 West 22nd Street in between 10th and 16th Street in the Inner City Project. That's crazy. So you're ministering to my peeps. That's awesome. Way to go. That is so cool. My brother got stabbed six times in, in one of the schools right there. So, yeah, I'm with you. So, uh, yeah, I, can, I, I won't get into my past, but that's awesome. Praise God. Just put you in. That's cool. That was really neat. The Lord just did that. Okay, what else? Anybody else? Got anything? Okay, well, let me get into, let me give you uh, some pictures that will help us, I think, a little bit, because um, sometimes uh, students get this. So let me give you, uh, let me give you some more factual stuff, okay? So when we talk about boomers, Gen X, they all have a lot of different names. Um, don't, don't get hung up on the name, because, you know, some people, US, everybody came up with different names. Let's just use these for today. You call them what you want to call them. You got the boomers, that's the 46 to 64. When you think of boomers, what do you think of? What do they do well? What some attributes? Give me some stuff. This, help me. What's that? Work hard. Yep. Loyal. Loyal to the man. Loyal to the company. Yeah. What else? Patriotic. Extremely. What's that? Take a lot of medicine right now. It's true. See the generational difference we got right now. I love it. What else? What else? What do you think of? Your parents. What about them? What makes them unique? What makes this generation unique? They're builders. They were starters. They're starters. Entrepreneurs. You know, interesting fact about them, um, they were one of the generations that, as they were coming up, they didn't trust anybody over 30. Isn't that interesting? In their young years, they didn't trust anybody under 30. Interestingly enough, you get them late, they don't trust anybody under 30. It's super interesting. It's just, it's a unique thing about them. I just, sorry, I was in a little nerd moment there. Okay, what else? What else? Boomers, anything else? Builders, work hard, starters, um, love structure, right? Uh, structure is a big deal. Um, and they don't mind being, grou- they don't mind being um, grouped into a, into a group demographic. Um, they would say, yeah, I'm a lot like the people in my generation. Yeah. Committed, very committed. And if we're not careful, you know what's interesting, I don't want to get into too much, um, younger generations can miss the beauty of the boomers because they were such goers. Sometimes they left their families behind. Uh, sometimes they left emotions behind. Not all, some as a, as a, as a whole. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of great attributes in them. And a lot of our churches uh, and what they're doing right now is built on the back of their faithfulness. They're giving. They're very giving people. 
Uh, they think forward a lot about retirement. They plan retirement. They plan future. Um, that's kind of the orientation. Anything else? Let me go to, let me go to uh, Gen X. Uh, what do you know about Gen Xers? Do you know anybody from this time frame that grew up? Some of you are in the room right now. Gen Xers, what's, what's true about you? What's true about you? That will help me. Some people that are, that are kind of in that boomer generation, uh, Bill Clinton and Meryl Streep. Uh, I don't know if that helps you or not. Bill, is, I, should, I shouldn't use Bill. Um, but Gen X is more, let me give you a cross. Uh, uh, Gen X is more Barack Obama, Jennifer Lopez. Okay? So I don't know if that gets you in the frame of mind. But what's true about this generation, Gen Xers? Can you think of anything? They're a hard one to pin down. They are the me generation, switched around. They, they, um, they keep going. What else? I want to hear from you. This will also help me know where we're at to know what we need to share. What else? They're kind of more all over the board. They are. Baby boomers, instead of being more uh, homogenous, they're just really more diverse. How they think, how they act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they keep coming. What else? Gen Xers. How many Gen Xers in the room? That'll help me. You, you may or may not know. What's true about your friends? What's true about them? Can you think of anything? This will help me. You're not sure? Different values from their parents. Different values from their parents. They, they, kind of, they, were, they were a group that they, they, they went pretty hard the opposite way, didn't they? they, they um, boomers work hard, uh, commit. Uh, Gen Xer said, uh-uh, like, I'm in it, like, but not if it's going to, not if it's going to, I'm going to go based on what's good for my life, what's good for my family, what's good for me. They call them the me generation. Some of that, you know, you can take that good or bad because some of the boomers burnt themselves out at the end, found that they didn't have much there, not all, again. Um, and, and the Gen Xer said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to work for 30 years for the same company that treats me terrible. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to come home at 7 o'clock every night to have a bigger house and not know my kids. Right? Like there's some of that stuff that's in that generation. I'll keep us moving. Um, what about the millennials? They're, I, I, I want to almost show a video, but I don't want to make fun of the millennials too bad because I want to keep us on evil playing field. But there's some great videos out right now uh, about millennials. What's true about millennials? You got anything? They all have iPhones. They all have, yeah, that's true. That, you know, technology is, they're now, they're, they're in the middle. They're, millennials are right on the edge. They didn't, they uh, still, like, I'm, in, I'm a millennial. Um, I'm, I'm right in this section. I'm kind of at the, at the, but a lot of millennials didn't get cell phones till later, didn't get smartphones till later. They're a little bit different than the generation Y that we're going to talk about. That they call them sometimes the I generation. Is that generation Y? They've always, they have always grown up with an iPad or with an iTouch or with, they just know it all. And they freak the parents and grandparents out because they're showing them how to do everything and they're like four. And you're like, what? So, um, what else? What's true about millennials? Yeah. They are. They are. They are. They're, they're the helicopter parents more than anybody else. They're very protective, uh, very, uh, uh, very entrepreneurial. They like to bounce around. They don't want to be tied down. Um, fundraising to them is going onto a website and coming up with a website, and they hope that everybody uh, hops on the website to fund them because it was on Facebook. Why am I not funded yet? Like, that's a millennial like, the Internet's going to fix it for me. You know, I, I, I need an app for that. Like, what else? Like, millennial stuff. What do you got? Yeah. They have a tendency to want to receive. They are expecting to receive rather than what they can give for the country. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, you know, in, in a, it depends on perspective. But, yes, like, there's some really it, – it's, it's a beauty, and I want to paint these really well. There's some really positive things in, about them as, in general. There's some really – some negative things about this. The, um, the boomers were about building and going. Um, you know, and if they'd say, if, if you build it, like, like if we can just get a build, it's going to be great. The millennials are like, so, but what's the mission and what's the strategy? Like, I want to know if I'm giving my life to something, I want to know like, where are we really going? What's the long-term application? They're starting to get media information. So they start thinking through they're They've actually been great for us in thinking through long-time strategies. They're also the first group to not be homogenous in the way that we look at them. They force us to interact with them one-on-one. Um, which, as a church, that should be great because that's how we're supposed to treat everybody. But they don't want you pigeonholed. Don't don't paint me in a corner with them and them and them. I am, you know, you put millennials in a room and they will find how they're different than everyone. Boomers will figure out how they're like everyone. They're just a little bit different. They're they're very independent, strong independent spirit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah, I've got I've got a great uh, I've got a I've got a great picture for this. Generation Y, I'm I'm getting too caught up. I'm I'm trying to get to know your faces too, so that's a little bit helpful for me. Generation Y, what do you know about them? This right down here, you're seeing some of them. They're the I generation, right? They're um, technolo- technological savvy. There's a lot of things between millennials and I generation that get lost along the way. Social norms, social cues, eye contact, handshakes, uh, all the things that boomers would hold at a very high value are gone. I mean, they're just, they have, they have, they are great behind of this. Like, my, you know, they can do this all day. They'll say things, their speech patterns are driven by technology. Literally, they talk like they're texting sometimes. And grammatical, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, being grammatical has gone out the window. Like, there's no such thing as being grammatical. We might as well stop teaching English, not really. Um, because they, everything, the language has never adapted as fast as, as with this I generation. But the, interestingly enough, they're also the most, they've watched the, the Great Recession, and they are um, already fearful about taking on uh, credit cards, taking on debt, uh, getting into a home that's too big. He's nodding. I'm right, aren't I? Right? And you're like, why are we doing this? Let's just, right? And it's interesting. They're the first group going into college that they're like, I'm not sure I want to go to college and get in debt. I'm not sure I want a credit card. I'm not sure because they've watched their parents go through struggle, hard times, that kind of stuff. They were born, you know, September 11th. they They have always lived in the shadow of terrorism. That's a different thing for them. And so they're actually uh, an interesting group to watch and to study. So we'll get into this. So the picture that you said uh, is certainly true. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, it, it got fuzzy on me. I apologize. Um, but, you know, <laughs> write me, call me, email me, text me. That is like the, their communication patterns are, are uh, you know, totally different extreme. And if you, uh, anybody in a missions organization are trying, to, are trying to communicate with lots of different people, church and stuff, you are so angry because you cannot pick one of these methods and win. Like, you can't tell everybody, hey, we're going to email everybody. And, and the kids are going, what's email? You know, and you know the, the you know. Well, why don't you just write me? Why, well, can I? You know, the old, the boomers are like, why can't this be in print? Can we just get this in print? You know, the uh, call me. And so it's super interesting the, the way that, that uh, these these all. And I'm, I, you know, you've, I, I'm not, I think we've we've done a good job going through there. So let me give you some stuff. I just want to give you some uh, helpful hints. I want you to ask questions. I want to leave time at the end for questions because I want you to get. Um, in your brain uh, and in your heart what you really needed. So I'm going to pray right now because this is, uh, I really do believe that um, the way that we connect with people matters because Jesus just loves people. Like he loves them. He loves connecting with them. He loves getting them on mission. They're all different and he's not offended. We're all messed up. Agreed? We're all messed up. We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. But his love for us is ridiculous the way that he loves us. It's just crazy kind of love. And the way that we communicate, the way that we lead these people, the way that we tap in and know them, because Jesus is so good at knowing people. And if we can know people the way Jesus knows people, uh, that's a good start. So let me pray for us. Dear Holy Father God, uh, thank you for the gift of these generations. Thank you that you have, I was just reading the passage out of Psalms, Father, I was uh, just, just reading about the way that you have continued to just pour out your heart generation after generation after generation. Psalm 102 says, let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created even may praise the Lord. And that is the heartbeat of you. You know, love, get, and have always been the best communicator to people through your word, through your spirit, through your family, the church. And so, Father, we just ask, give us eyes, give us ears, give us those those uh, Holy Spirit moments where we can recognize how we can t- take steps forward in connecting with and communicating with and leading generations either above us or below us. We pray that in the powerful name of Jesus. Everybody said all right, so uh, so here's what we're going to do. Let me uh, do some stuff. Uh, I didn't know, uh, so I, I, I apologize. I'm going to give, that may or may come back on. Sorry, it's a little touchy. Um, let me give you, I'm going to go, I'm going to go um, non-church first and then come back to church. Can I do that? Like, because some of you are wanting to know how to work with people in a non-church world. I felt like those two veins would really help. And so some of you, if you have questions later on about how to, um, raise funds and this. I didn't know what you were all going to bring, but if you have random questions, save them for the end. Please write them down because I want I want to get to those too. And somebody help me with what time our class is over too. Is it over at two thirty? Okay, perfect. So let me do this. Um, 
So if you are engaged in next generation, so what do you think of as the next generation? Next generation, for the purpose of today, I'm going to deal with um, somewhat of the tail end of millennials and into Generation Y. Can we do that? Because they're, they're somewhat of a similar group. It's interesting technology is caught kind of... Um, I uh, won't be negative. Um, some, somewhat, some of the 55-year-olds are taking on traits because they have to learn. They're going to make it. They have to learn to be adaptable a little bit quicker than generations previous have. Um, but let me give you um, some things that they're going to need um, if you're going to lead them. So if you have some of them, you're sitting down with them. You're investing them. With, you're going to connect with them. You're going to lead them. You're going to shepherd them. You're going to guide them. You're going to speak into them. These are things that next-generation leaders, and I'm going to pull this out of um, this is going to be out of, some of this is out of, where did I get all this? Sports Illustrated, um, USA Today. Um, I'm, I don't have time to go through all the references, but these are all um, dealing with young leaders, young people. That This is all totally not Christian, even though you're going to listen to these values and go, you sure? Yeah, I promise. It's not. So the number one thing, and this was um, Jared Goff was the top overall uh, pick in the uh, NFL draft. I don't even remember him, but he's a cow guy. Um, but one of the things um, that he mentioned, and I, and I can't go through the whole article because I want to get through both these lists, is he said the number one thing that he's watching around him that coaches spoke into is the number one thing that we have to help next generation leaders learn is how to fail. Um, and why did I put this one first? Because um, for the things that um, uh, millennials down don't fail well. That, would that be true for some of the people in the room? It's, it's hard to fail. It's hard to start something. They have a fear of starting something that's not going to succeed. Um, and what happens, you get anybody in a ministry, you get them in an inner city school context, you get them anywhere they see. People's number one fears right now, it's, it's failing. Um, that, that is a little bit of a shift generationally from the past. Um, you know, some, some people fear insignificance. Some, they, fear, they fear failure, and they don't know how to fail. And so if you're going to invest in next-generation leaders, um, you know, certain guys, you just, um, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't think through the consequences of failures. They don't think through, um, and, and we can give you, I'm going to give you the high list and then come back, if, give me a little note so we can, if you have direct questions, go on, want we'll to spend time, I want to give as much data as we can. Then on the back side, if you have a question, you want me to go into more specifics, I can, okay? The next thing um, that next generation leaders uh, need, and I see this um, all over with college and the young men that I meet with, uh, overseas stuff everywhere. The next thing is not only help uh, next generation learn, uh, leaders learn to fail, um, but they need for us to promote the value of hard work. Um, this generation loves to innovate. They love to create. They love to talk. They love to give theories. They love. Um, if I let me give up, let me bring up a super quick topic. So. Let me bring up, um, what's something that's hurting the church right now, uh, globally? Um, let's just talk evangelism, okay? Let me give something that's, that, that's kind of base level. Um, I wouldn't say globally, but, but the longer something stays in place, the, especially with this generation. And they want to, we have a younger generation that would, loves to talk evangelism, few that have ever practiced it. Right now there's a stat out, stat out I don't know if you knew this or not, but 80% of pastors who get behind a pulpit to preach, keep this in mind, have never personally led someone to Christ. Why is that? Because, they, because we love to talk. We love, we'll blog about it. We'll text about it. We'll read about it. They're the most read. Um, there's knowledge. They, they have ten podcasts on how to do it. Like It's all out there. But the step of the hard work of looking someone in the eyes and facing, again, failure, rejection, face-to-face, is they would rather... Hear me. They would rather go to the Brazilian jungle and get choked out by an anaconda than to get choked out socially. They would rather go there on an adventure and and maybe cost me my life than to walk into a relationship they already have and fail. True, boys? True. Okay. He's like, he's just nodding, smiling at me. I love him. I'm going to take you with me everywhere. Um, And so promote the value of hard work. Promote the value of hard work. Promote the steps of obedience, uh, the things that will call you out, the actual steps, and highlight those steps. Uh, Second thing, and again, uh, give me notes if if there's stuff. In in that, I would say point to already successful next-generation leaders and make positive examples of them. Um, This generation is very driven by their peers. Have you noticed that? 
probably more so than ever. If you want to lose relationship with your uh, son or a young man, start talking about their friends. Good luck. Because <laughs> you are, I mean, you're just asking because they value community and family. They, they see friends as family. They adopt them into family. Um, and they see that as, they see loyalty to people that are close to them at the highest degree. And so what's interesting about that is um, you, have to, you have to point to people in their sphere, in their, in their world, that are, that, are doing, that are doing the things. Instead of speaking to them and telling them what they need to do, you need to point. This generation would, would, would love to emulate in something that's happening in their peers. I don't know if you know, um, uh, know McCafferty at Stanford right now. Um, the coach was talking about, uh, and, and again, I wish I could pull the article, but he was talking about all those football players and how hard it is getting to coach in uh, the college football realm, young, athletic uh, leaders in, in, in his, on his football team. Because you can't sit there, old school was, son, I want you to do this, and next time you do this, and that you remember, the coaches would just bark at them and get in their faces. This generation's like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, don't yell at me, I'm not working. And you'll watch, the, the coaches that bark the loudest will get the least recruits right now. That won't happen. They want a coach that will point out, that will go, hey, see, see McCafferty over there. Do you see what he did? I want you all to do that just like that. And they'll go, yeah, let's go. So this generation, they don't want to be barked at. They want to be inspired by people that are doing what is, is happening around. So you're going to have to put your finger on the pulse of people that are doing this and point to them, make heroes of them, uh, continue to point out the things in them that you want. Uh, I, I hope that, that makes sense. Um, the next one is focus on making uh, next generation leaders ask questions, not Answer questions, okay? If you want a next generation young man, young woman to grow, teach them how to ask questions, not answer questions. Keep in mind, do you guys remember that uh, some of you are around, um, so I probably shouldn't go to, do you remember the 80s on uh, teaching youth group kids how to make it through college? What was it? Anybody got, a, got something in there? When you anybody grow up in, in youth ministry or in church in the eighties, you're you're somewhere in there, and they would always tell you if if you will just do blank, then you're going to make it. If you just have a defense for your faith, if you just know all the answers, y'all. If you know the answers on creation evolution, if you know the answers, 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 and and again, what we know about scriptures, that's true. But you tr- but but they were launched into life with 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 trying to hold all the answers. Um, an inability to ask hard questions because nobody would, would one-on-one ask them questions. So we have an entire generation right now that they, that, that they, that they feel like the generations be ahead of them, uh, they have all the information, they, they think they're experts at everything. <laughs> and it's crippling them. It really is crippling them. They're not, uh, hear me, they're not as smart as they think. And so they should walk into every room. I, I try really hard to teach my boys this 24-7. I try to teach the young men around me all the time, what are your questions? I don't want to hear your answers. I love you. You've got a good heart. I think you're brilliant. But you're brilliant if you have great questions. You're brilliant if you know who to pull wisdom from, who to pull obedience from, who to pull life from, who to pull. Figure out your questions and go after the answers. Stop trying to answer. Start asking great questions. Yeah, in the back. Trust Wikipedia, fine. Um, isn't that interesting? We saw that played out in the election, didn't we? we we're seeing a massive backlash against institution um, on, both, on both sides, both levels. Irregardless of which side you're on, there's a massive distrust for institution. Why is that? Um, the, the millennials and the Xers would be because you keep, and this is my opinion from reading, because we keep trying to deal with them as a mass, and they recognize they're not a mass, they're an individual. They, in a church, right, if you, if you check gr- church growth models right now and all that kind of stuff, you know what the number one church growth model that's working is? Relation. Relationship. If you master in relationship, your church will grow. Um, I, obviously, I think it's power of 
Jesus and the Word as well. Uh, those are really winning. The ones that will not, you know, that just continue. But rela- they don't. They don't need flashy. They don't need big buildings. They don't need. They just need a relationship. Do you really know me? Do I really fit here? Can I be on mission with you? You know, it's kind of like the "Can I look you in the eyes?" kind of thing with Jesus out of John uh, chapter. Can I just? I just want to stop. Can I look you in the eyes? This generation cares more about connectivity than any generation. They trust through their connected through their connectivity. They would rather you be vile, but you, but believe that you're authentic, than for you to be honorable and feel that you're fake, or or distant or not connected. And so in that, in that conversation, um, you only get – now, is this right? It, it gives us a great opportunity. They only listen if they believe that you're being authentic. Authenticity is the highest, is the highest uh, credibility in this. And the second you start treating like a number, they will withdraw. Just watch them. So uh, keep, keep asking questions, please. Um, next one is uh, help next-gen leaders execute. Um, and, again, um, I just – I want to say that um, – uh, what's a good way to put this? Um, they are really good, again, with ideas, with concepts, but, but at some point, help them win at something. You've got to help them fail, but help them, help them execute something and, and complete something. Their whole world is, is halfway everything. Um, like uh, students that raise funds for a mission trip. I know that, that that seems like a really small thing. Um, but everybody, because of the hovering generation, the hovering generation says, I'll, I'll, oh, yeah, you probably can't do that. I'm just going to finish that. The problem is they don't know how to finish anything, y'all. They don't, they don't, how to, they don't, how to, they don't know how to push it across the, 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 the finish line. And that goes hand in hand with letting them fail. You've got to let them fail. Sometimes they just need to – it fails and it just fails. Sometimes they need to – Coach them in a way that will help them, teach them, push them across whatever finish line. Uh, create finish lines that they can, but that, that when they cross it, it gets celebrated, it gets done. Um, I'm going to keep going again. Just ask me questions as we go in, at the end. Fourth generation. Um, another one is the fourth gen, uh, next generation leaders out of their comfort zone. Um, they will say things like, I hate reading. Um, and then they'll text for two hours. Okay, so you don't hate reading, right? You don't you don't value reading. You don't, and so some of this you have to, you know, especially um, teaching them, coaching them, and, and again, it's teach them on the mentality because they're, they're, this generation is smart because of how much information they take in. They're getting smarter in intelligence. They're they're get, they're slowing down their ability to connect with people. So um, show them why reading is a value to you. Show them why uh, things like, um, you know, uh, getting, getting um, they, they will gravitate to a friend group and stick in that friend group more than anybody else ever in history. Teach them the value of stepping outside of that friend group. Teach them the value of stepping outside their comfort zones and that, that's a, that that is a high value because this group, because of fear with debt, because it's a fearful generation. It's a, they're, they're afraid of a lot of things. They won't say it because uh, they, 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 hate to, they hate to admit weakness too, <laughs> which is not the great part of them. But because they don't want to do that, they, they won't say, you know, yes, um, I don't like to go out of my comfort zone. Um, and they'll speak all the ideals, but they'll rarely walk across. Um, you know, I have, I have leaders. Uh, I'll, be, I'll get super transparent on the race issue, okay? I'll just do that one real fast. I have a lot of students that will blog, that will, that will do everything on the planet about race. Ask them to then step across and build a relationship with somebody of a different skin color. I, 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 well, you, get out of your comfort zone. Ask them questions. Tell, tell why, what, you know, and just start putting things together. Again, they're highly, highly intelligent, but somebody, you need that, every, they, especially this generation, kick them out a little bit. They're not, as, they're not as truly entrepreneurial as the groups before them. Um, a couple of other ones. Um, make, uh, and I bet this room is good at this, make gen, next generation leaders part of bigger than something, um, ne- make next generation leaders part of something bigger than themselves. One of the biggest recruiting tools of some of the, um, and again, I'm a college football nut, so I apologize the references, um, but to some of the greatest recruiters is that some of the young men that they'll bring into uh, Clemson's this way, um, 
when um, uh, Pete Carroll was at USC. He would grab the guys that were the harder recruits, and he would bring them. Used to, they just parade you around and show you all the benefits. A lot of the ones that he knew that he needed to recruit are the ones that they would take them down to the inner city um, ministry place where they were going to be able to, like, this is the place where we don't just play football, we change lives. There's something in the heart of this generation that I don't want to just play football. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. That's my favorite thing about this generation. Um, So connect them to it. Connect them to it. Connect them to it. Connect them to the thing that's bigger than them. Connect them to the thing that is is ultimately out there. And, And if you're not connected to it, um, then it's a great – so some of you heard the, the grandparent conversation. It's hard for them to hear that life is bigger than them if they haven't joined you with, if they haven't joined you with you in it. One of the best things you can, you can still do is take them down to do something, take them over, to, like to engage them in something that shows them that life is bigger than them, but do it with them. Uh, they're a highly relational, um, which is awesome because that's how disciple-making should be, right? Um, the next one is – a position a next leaders a next gen leaders for success, um, and I use this one because of a quote with Bobby Petrino. <laughs> Sorry, Louisville. Anyways, um, you know Lamar Jackson. We've got him around right now. There's a lot of uh, stuff floating around about him. I- any Louisville fans in the room? Just a couple. Okay. Well, shoot. Um, but uh, you know, it's interesting the way that he coaches him. The way that he coaches him is um, you have to just continue to tell them why what they're doing will set them up long term for success. Um, you just have to keep saying those. Your reading will they connect future better than some of the generations that uh, you know the millennials and some of the Gen Xers didn't do that as well. They're just like, well, my life it was everything was me. They really do want to make a difference. They want to they want to see long term down the road. They a lot of this group cares more about um, here are the things that are going down. STDs are going way down. Premarital sex going way down. Drug use going way down. Why? Because they understand 10 years from now better than most generations ahead of them. Um, Why? Because information. Um, But you add that information to relationship, and it's it's rocket fuel. Uh, And and they'll receive it better than probably most generations before. Um, Uh, teach the next generation leaders the importance of making other people better. Uh, next generation from uh, really every generation has a tendency to be self-serving. Um, but uh, this generation specifically, this is probably true of, of any, but they're so relational um, that they care more about the people around them possibly than, than, than before. So teach them the value of if you love them, help them get better. It gives them an other or because here's what we do with other generations, right? We, if we want them to think about others, we take them, the, the universal church answer all the time is take them somewhere to serve. Take them some, over somewhere, to have, somewhere where they have less than them. Problem with this generation is they come back, everything's filtered through, through them and through me, and they sit there and they say, um, oh, those, those poor people, uh, you know, they were so happy and they had so much less. And all, everything becomes all. They came back from this incredible. What we would see as an incredible trip. They come back and it's still so about them. It's unbelievable. Serving. They come back. They they serve and that was good. Look how good of a person I am because I did. I was a part. God used me. I'm going to change the world because I'm so awesome. Um, and we just, we just have to be real careful with them, um, and, and we have to tap into their love for the people around them. That's how you shift it. Tap it in because they do, they do care deeply. This generation cares about their family more than the generations previous. This generation cares more about connectivity, relationship. So leverage that to the, to the nth degree. And, um, and then, you know, obviously I would encourage everybody here to be, uh, you know, we have to encourage them. Um, I hope you know how hard it is. It's getting hard. Uh, let me be like super transparent for a second. Most of our young men, uh, millennial and down, are going to struggle with pornography at a level that many of the people in the room, if, if you don't understand, it is, it is, it's a, it's a tsunami, is what it is. And what that does to their heart and the dis- their distance from God is, is catastrophic. Um, they can't get on any device, no matter how many safeguards. They can't get. On, I mean. TVs are smart, phones are smart, everything's smart, and they're so smart they're dumb. They let in everything, everything that the, the enemy would love to plant in their life. It is, it is free game. It's different. They have, uh, and so, again, I, I don't want to say poor them, but please encourage them. Please speak into them. Please be patient with them. Please, like, call out the very best in them because they, they, they need us 
to call out the very best in them. The middle class is disappearing right now. What that's doing to families around the country, it is unbelievable. The low-income families and the challenges that they now face, catastrophic. We have to help. We have to encourage. And if you do it young, um, if you do it young, it's game changer. If you, again, you, you know, we, need, we need to care about all people, all ages. If you, the reason that I'm so passionate about young men and women, you give me an 18-year-old uh, to build a foundation and, and a trajectory that could be who knows what, I'll take it every time. Because they haven't chosen their wife, they haven't chosen their future. They have, you know, there's a lot. They've, they've made enough mistakes to know they need grace. <laughs> they haven't, um, they haven't gone to places that will, that is going to take this is just going there's going to take so much dismantling before there's ever a launch into their destiny. And I want them to get launched into their destiny. So please encourage them. So, um, so how are we doing? We doing good? Uh, I've got about uh, ten more minutes. I'll, I'll give you some statements. This is more in the church. Um, that uh, some of you that are that are partnering the church, that are speaking these, be a little bit more relational in nature. And so, if you got, and then I'm just going to open up for questions. Y'all doing good? You need to stand because I'm kind of hot and it's three o'clock. You need to stand for a second. Let's all stand real fast for a second. Um, I just I, I, I saw maybe a couple head nods, just a couple, not too many. Stretch, shake somebody's hand again, say we're in it. We only got a few more, 15 more minutes, and we we got it, we got it, we got it, and then we'll just keep going, okay? Oh, that'd be good. Okay, go ahead, grab a seat. How many first-timers? This is your first time coming to GMHC. Very cool. How many of you repeat? Awesome. 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 This is Charlie Vitato right here. Uh, my brother, Heads Up Missions, uh, is on a leadership team and just great dude. He's just sitting right there. He should be up here teaching. He'd, be, he'd do a better job. So. The, um, so let me do this. Um, so there's a, a whole bunch of uh, places doing uh, study on this kind of stuff. So uh, Fuller Theological, they, they, did a, um, they have one of the best adolescent studies, by the way, if you want to read it. Uh, for you nerds, I'll give it to you real fast. Because I see a bunch of you dealing with young people. And so full, uh, they did a, there's a book by a guy named Chap, um, Chap Clark. Chap Clark wrote a book called Hurt. And if you, if you don't catch the title, you, it, it, you, you can get held up by a title. It's, a, it's a, um, one of the largest adolescent studies that's ever been done out of Fuller Theological. And he, they, uh, they went inner city, rural, did one of the largest ones on adolescence possible. They tried to identify um, what is adolescence. It used to be, uh, funny enough, it used to be from like 14 to 18. <laughs> and now it's like it's into nine, which they start to talk about when puberty hits. And you guys know because of what's going on with us, puberty keeps going younger. That's super interesting. That's, that it, and it's all environmental. Uh, that's super interesting. That would tell you the kind of th- the kind of environment that our children are being raised in. That puberty is getting forced because of images. Because, anyways, so uh, it's 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 nine to like twenty four, twenty five, and um, and that the process uh, they call it the process of individuation is that process. And in that process, every young here they 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 boil th- things down to three things. Up to nine years old, um, and again, I see a lot of people dealing, I see little ones too. Uh, up to nine years old, the number one identifier in how they're going to do um, developmental, uh, de- developmentally, socially, uh, psychologically, is the question, uh, am I safe, am I loved? If you can answer that pre, up to nine, their ability, that's why the foster care system is killing our, our, our kids right now, and they just, need, they just need a home, okay? So let me just pub for that because you, you, you move a kid six times and you might as well say you have no, you, are, you are done developing. Um, we talked about that and we were just in L.A. together. Um, that just breaks my heart. I'm going to keep moving. Um, after, after nine, uh, nine to 13 is kind of that range where they start. They're going to ask three questions and until they ask these, answer these questions in their life, they're not going to be, they're not going to be mature adults. Now this is the group that you're dealing with. Number one is who am I? And no one can answer it for them. They have to answer it for themselves. You can only help them answer this question. Who am I? Second one is do my choices matter? Um, are there implications and what are the implications behind what I am, the decisions I'm making? Who am I? Do my choice matter? And where do I fit? Where do I fit? What, um, how do I, my giftings, my temperament within my peer groups, within my family, they have to figure those three things. If you can, the funny thing is the gospel answers all those, right? Who am I? You are a son and daughter, you know, 33 things, um, you know, just read Ephesians two. You can find out who you are. Um, who am I? Uh, do my choices matter? 
Where do I fit? You, you, your choices matter. Yes. Uh, so come leverage. Come, come, come be a part of. Allow your choices to move the kingdom forward. Um, you know, and then with uh, where do you fit? You fit in the family. That's another thing generationally here that I'll throw out, um, and we'll get to that. Um, they, they're, they're done, they're done p- being a part of an organism. They want to be a part of a family. Um, people keep saying, well, but their families are so broken. Should we use the word family? In overwhelming evidence? Yes. They still want to be a part of a family. Even if theirs is really broken, they're smart enough to get the difference between broken and not broken. You can still use the word family, and they want to be a part of it. So let me get to church stuff. Um, in a world, uh, this one, uh, I pulled some stuff out of a whole bunch of different places. Um, if you want to ask me, I'd love to give you, um, there's, um, where are all the different, I read a Christian, a bunch of Christian magazines. So that's out of there. If you want to ask me uh, where some of the source come, I would love to, to give that to you. Um, but, in, you know, the, the biggest thing you need to know about uh, millennials and Generation Y, and it, I think it's beautiful, um, in, a, in, a, in a world of unlimited choices, right, because they can, they can do anything, go anywhere, um, millennials and, and Gen, Gen Y are forcing us to deal with them one by one. Um, and so I would just, I would just tell you, if, if your strategy is not sitting down and listening, if your strategy is not, eye, is not based in eye contact, it might be the wrong strategy. Um, they will not connect with a homogenous group, and, and we can talk about that if you want to. Um, I would tell you with, with them, it's, it's all the, all the church, leading church demographics are saying it's more about relationships than demographics. Um, good luck trying to do a demographic study. A lot of the church models that, that like this, that boomed, was they identified the 34-year-old male, <laughs> and they, you know, they target everything around that 34 male and the messaging and all that kind of stuff. Try to do that moving forward, and good luck, um, because that's not how they work. Uh, they are not. They, 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 they refuse to be. Um, they, you know, you, you'll, you'll pick up some things of the, of the, of the big studies going on right now. Um, when it deals with leading next generation leaders, you need to know their names, not just their needs. There's a lot of stuff that came forward. At first, people just would, would lead you and, and trust that you're going to be loyal. Then there's a movement behind that that was saying, I need to, I need to, if I'm going to be a good leader, if I'm going to call the best, then I need to know what you need. I need to listen to what you need. Um, but they need to know that you know their name. And you, they need to know that you know stuff about them, that they're a real person. Um, there's a desire to be known in this generation that is unlike maybe anything that we've seen in the last hundred years. Their desire to be known is potentially one of the greatest gift, gifts in the gospel moving forward. But it, right now, it's, it, it's a little bit of a stumbling block for those of us that aren't really dialing into that. Um, they, um, you know, the, the, uh, the take a number era of customer service is over. Um, if if, uh, if, if you're a room full of young men and women, and I'm calling you to your, your destiny, right, and you're a group. In, in the past, if I, was, if I was in the 90s and I was preaching about, you know, thousands of students, I'd go, yeah, we're all going to go take the world, and you're going to change everything, and let's go give water to everybody. And they're like, yeah, they're foaming at the mouth, they're ready. Um, and they're just like, just, just point me in a direction, okay? Now, um, and I've watched this over 18 years, every one of my individual wants to come up and say, hey, I'd really like to know more about that. Can we have a conversation? Can we have coffee? Can we have – and I'm like, well, you know, if I said, well, we have this great big thing that's the next step, and they're like, oh, so you can't grab coffee? So you, you can't you – you don't want to know me. You just, now, again, that can be – you know, it, but, but, they, but they, it's why churches need to get smaller. It's why relational, communal processes – we can't think programs. Uh, churches and, and missions organizations have always – held programs, and let's do big programs. We need to help people take steps. This generation doesn't care about your program. <laughs> it doesn't matter how well you communicate it. They want to know, what's, what's my next step? Can you help me with my next step? Will you go with me when I take my next step? Um, the uh, tell stories, don't recite stats. If you want to win the heart of this generation, if you want to, um, it's funny because I was just sitting with a group of people um, and they were try- they were still trying to you know you know don't they know all the stats about and they're just reading all these things Stu- you know millennials and on down they could care less about stats um, they care about stories the funny thing is um, as you know with the media you can misdirect their whole their whole direction with with that so um, that could be a problem um, but it also could be a great uh, opportunity do ministry with them not for or to them. Um, 
this. Uh, there's a lot of business magazines that I, I think a lot of businesses are going this way too. They don't want a leader in front. They they want a leader from within. They want to know who who is reaching this. Who am I reaching this city with? Who's doing this with me? It's not who's telling me what to do. Who's who who is going with me? Um, relationship, relationship. If you haven't heard the major theme of this generation, it's relationship. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Um, a couple more things, and let's let's talk. Go digital and analog. Remember the picture that I showed you up here, um, the, the very fuzzy one. Um, if you if you try once, if you try your messaging style with someone of the diff, you might you're speaking Greek to them. They don't know what you're saying. If you keep saying, "Did you check your email?" Uh, did you, hey, did you drop me a text? Did you, uh, hey, I, <laughs> I love, uh, adults right now are sending me, like, I know who, I can tell you who's in my Facebook inbox. Everybody over 30. Nobody under 30 would send me a Facebook message. Like, you know, if I even say, hey, drop me a Facebook message, they're like, fa- fa- face- Facebook? Is that, you mean where the old people are? I think I have one of those. I'll use my, like, it's just um, connecting with them. Uh, you've got you've to continue to do that. Um, I'd say a couple things. I've got I to hurry. I apologize because I want to get your questions. Um, go deeper, not just bigger. Uh, generations before, uh, go boomer, and they say um, if you want to get them behind, get you with, you show them a bigger, better life. You show them a, uh, a more impactful and how um, they, uh, this generation, um, you know, that generation, you see it right now, Walmart. Good luck in the future, right? That, uh, boomers and, and builders, they want big stores, big screens, big churches, big cars, not the next generation. Um, they love small shops. They love local. They love, they love uh, things that are unique. Um, and it's just going to continue to get that way, um, assuming. Uh, if it's going to go big, we've, you know, in going big, we've forgotten to go deep. Uh, connect them intergenerationally. And uh, let, me, let me hit just a couple more, and then I'll just do uh, Q&A. Um, this one's really big. Um, again, what I, what I told you earlier was um, the boomer generation up until they were 30, they didn't trust anybody over 30. Uh, Gen Xers, uh, most Gen Xers assume their parents were doing it wrong, <laughs> which is super interesting. Um, and uh, lower millennials, and into, they, they actually, um, I have never, just being connected young men and women, I have never been asked ever in my life so much. People I barely know at that age, would you be my mentor? Would you be my mentor? Would you grab coffee with me? Would you? They want to know. They want to connect. They want relationship. They want to be shown. They don't want to have to figure it out because they don't want to fail. And uh, see how all this is connecting. Um, and so they want to know if you'll share. Now they don't want. They don't want judgment. There's a lot of things they don't want. They don't want to sit down and hear you talk about how bad their friends are. They don't want you. To, you know, there's some of that. Um, but they really want to connect. They really want to do this thing. And so connecting them uh, intergenerationally is, is off the charts. My, um, my son's favorite person to ask questions about their life is their grandparents right now. That was not me. A, I, I couldn't get them. <laughs> but grandparents that know how to text, and if you don't learn, my son texts my, my, our grandparents more than he texts me. He asked them more life questions than even he asked me. I, have to, I get the opportunity to go down into his room and ask him questions. So that's the only game changer I've got. Um, but, but I'm just telling you, they, um, they, we have a great opportunity to show how the church could be a full thing. And, and Xers didn't want old people around, just being honest. Like, they didn't want them around. And they don't, they don't want their advice because they're big builders and they'll do it, too, you know, and they're impersonal. And, and they don't know how to parent because look what they did to me. They messed it all up. Um, this generation's different. They want to know how to parent. They want to know how to... I've, I mean, marriage, you get them connected. That's why we do so many small groups now with, with married couples, with seasoned followers of Jesus because kids, students, young men and women, they want to hear. They want to connect with somebody other than their peers because they're starting to recognize, um, again, information. They're too smart not to. Worship, work, and play with them. Uh, they want somebody to do life with them. Um, people need to see how their faith connects with life outside of the church. Um, boomers, Gen Xers, uh, top into millennials, um, all of Christian life was done inside. Millennials and, and under, they don't get that. They don't understand that. They don't understand you coming into a worship service and a song coming on and you doing this and singing to get, they don't, they're like, are you passionate? You're not passionate. You do love Jesus. You're singing about Jesus. Your face doesn't look like you're happy. 
that doesn't make sense. I'm just being honest. It doesn't make sense to them. Um, now, they don't care about the smoke and lights. They care less about the smoke and lights. The, you know, the Gen Xers did. They're like, you know, it's just like smoke. And, and it's funny, this next generation, they actually don't care about that. They don't care about smoke and lights. Um, they, they, they do care. Um, they t- do care that you're connected with them. Be genuine, not cool. Um, by the way, you can't be cool to that generation anyways. <laughs> you know, my, I'm 41, which my sons call um, mid-40s. And, um, you know, and it's in, in that generation, they, they don't want cool. They want genuine. That's the highest. It is the highest currency for uh, the generation that you're looking to connect with. Be real. Be genuine. I can't say it more. Um, and then next is uh, last, and I'll just keep it this. Allow, hard, allow for hard questions. Um, and, and I heard this. A guy named Hayden Shaw. I don't know if he, you know him or not. But he was uh, doing an interview with a guy named Kerry, um, I can never say his name, Nuof, Nuof, it's, it's long. Um, and he said, the single biggest reason millennials and under who are raised in church are leaving is because they had questions no one would answer. Um, they had questions, they, 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 at some point, they asked it enough times that people gave them the impression, they may not have said it directly, that's not a question you ask here. And, and if God's not big enough for our questions, this next generation said, then why am I here? Nobody, there's nobody face-to-face that would answer my questions. And, 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 and the big questions, and again, this, this comes into conflict. I don't want to get too heady. But this comes into a conflict with, remember, the generation that needed all the answers? So they have this group of people that are asking questions that they don't have answers for either. And so they, it's, it's hitting a weak spot for them because they feel insecure because they've been a believer all this time. And they don't know the answer either to why God does bad things to good people. They don't know the answer either on whether or not God loves homosexuals or not. They don't know, they don't know the answers e- either on why the church is acting this way when the Bible says this. They don't know the answer e- either why we're holding this tradition higher than we're holding what it says in Galatians about freedom. And, and so because they don't know, these people ask, these people feel dumb, these people say... Well, I guess my question. I, I, I guess God's not big for, enough for my questions. And um, and so I've, I've, I've said a lot. Uh, you guys interacted really well, by the way. Uh, beginning was strong, and then we're, we're fading. So let me. Any anything specific you want to ask? I just want to. Uh, we got a few minutes. We can just clean up with just questions. Anything you want to ask is fair game. Yeah. You said something about they want something more than. You're trying to be genuine, but you don't look like you're being genuine. Hmm. Authenticity. Their perception of authenticity is, is huge. If they perceive you, and that's the worst part, if they perceive you to be authentic, um, then you must be. And so I, I would tell you, if you're communicating with next generation leaders, students, um, I would ask them questions. The best thing you can do with people, if you really want to know how to lead them, is actually ask them. I actually ask them, hey, um, Sometimes I feel like we have a disconnection because maybe you think that I'm being a little inauthentic, um, but I really feel like I am. What is it that I'm doing that would cause you to think that I'm being inauthentic? They'll tell you. And then, and then if, if you want to get good at it, then, then press in. Yeah, what else? Other things? Questions? You know, uh, well, that, that's broad and sweet. Gen, Gen X has been, they've been the most rebellious. The Gen Xers have been the, probably the most rebellious of those generations. Now, that doesn't mean they're the most sinful. Uh, they're the most reject, the, they're the most um, uh, whatever to their parents and what their parents thought and what their parents believed and what that generation did. They wanted the biggest shift from the generation before. Gen X said, I don't want that. And it almost became the way they did things. I don't want that job. I don't want that family. I don't want that future. I don't want um, – and the economy was really good so they could do whatever they wanted. And so they just, they just said, I don't want that, and I don't want your values. And, I, and so they, they did. They were the hardest. Um, it's interesting. Um, I, and, again, I, I could have overwhelmed you with stats, but generationally that would tell me that's a bad idea. Um, uh, but some of the stats are – you'd be interested. There's actually more um, – there's the desire to raise – um, kids in church is higher than it's been in a really long time. Um, Gen Xers were like, mm-mm, 
part of that was because I'm not, I'm, I'm not making my kids sit through a boring service that I don't know and I don't care about and we are not doing church, and they just went hard. Um, but then there's another generation that says, I don't know how to raise my kids, and I want to have a good family, and, and, and maybe the church is a good place for, that, for me to learn that. It's just a totally different posture. Um, there's positive and negatives to all of them, but there's great opportunities. If we'll listen, if we'll really dig in and, uh, and, 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 and try to connect, Jesus, Jesus knows how to connect with people. Anything else? Last, last question? Okay. Well, hey, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Hope that was beneficial. God bless. Good seeing you all. Take care.